Welcome to Book Delight with Chrissy Wright, the podcast where readers can be all kinds of ways and books really are magic. I'm your host, Chrissy Wright. I'm an elementary teacher librarian in the Pacific Northwest. On this show, I aim to connect you and the kids in your life to more books you love. If the idea of blowing up your kidlit TBR appeals to you, you're in the right place. This month, we are exploring nonfiction November. If you haven't listened yet, you can go back and listen to episode 18, where I shared a bite-sized deep dive episode exploring some of the research around why nonfiction reading really matters for kids. Today, I'm sharing a book list episode, sharing some of my favorite nonfiction for kids. So get those library hold lists ready. Last week, some of the research I shared came from nonfiction author Melissa Stewart. And to format today's book list, I thought it would be fun to go a bit further with some of Stewart's work. So in addition to the more than 200 kids nonfiction books she's published, yes, you heard that right, more than 200 books. What? She is also the author of the professional book for educators and other curious grown-ups called Five Kinds of Nonfiction, Enriching Reading and Writing Instruction with Children's Books. In this book, she proposes a five-category system for classifying children's nonfiction. When I first learned about her system, it was like the clouds were parting. It just aligned so tightly with trends I had noticed anecdotally about the kinds of books kids were most drawn to, the kinds educators used for various purposes, and often the chasm between the two. If your nerd radar is pinging at all with this, please do pick up the book. For me, the intro chapter on how the term nonfiction came to be is worth the price of admission alone. But for today's purposes, I will briefly share each of the five types of nonfiction, then recommend a few of my favorites within that category. First, I'll quickly name the five types. One, active nonfiction. Two, browsable nonfiction, three, traditional nonfiction, four, expository nonfiction, and five, narrative nonfiction. Stewart places these five types along kind of a spectrum from commercial on one end to more literary on the other. I'll put a link in the show notes to a blog post where she shares a cool visual that helps place each type along this spectrum. As I make recommendations today, I will start with the commercial end of the spectrum and move towards the literary. So let's kick it off with number one, active nonfiction. These books are highly interactive or teach skills for engaging in an activity. They can include how-to guides, field guides, cookbooks, and craft books. The language in these books is typically clear and straightforward. Active nonfiction is some of the most popular in my elementary library. For today's active nonfiction recommendations, I want to highlight some of the most beloved cookbooks in my collection. All three of these come from America's Test Kitchen Kids. 
You might know America's Test Kitchen from its adult offerings, where it has really built its reputation on integrating scientific knowledge into its approach to the kitchen, and also on rigorous testing of recipes and cooking methods. They bring this same sensibility to their kids' cookbooks, integrating some of the why into the how of cooking, while remaining really accessible to kid readers. So their first kids' cookbook was The Complete Cookbook for Young Chefs. This one is kid-tested in my own household, and my kids make recipes in this book again and again. But don't just take it from me. Test Kitchen tested their recipes in this book with over 750 kids to ensure that the recipes could be executed by real-life kids. We love this one in our house as kind of an all-around MVP. It has recipes for every meal of the day, plus some extras like snacks and desserts. If you're worried that your kids will be making weird, kidified foods, don't. My daughter now makes a fabulous French omelet from this book, something for which I am routinely grateful at weekend family brunches. So that was The Complete Cookbook for Young Chefs. My second recommendation in this category is the follow-up book, The Complete Baking Book for Young Chefs. In this one, you have all the features you loved in the first, but totally focused on baking. The book supports the tagline, baking isn't just for cupcakes, and it includes both sweet and savory baking. That was The Complete Baking Book for young chefs. My last recommendation in this category for today is my first cookbook, also from America's Test Kitchen Kids. Test Kitchen recommends the previous two books I talked about for ages eight to 11, and this one is their offering for the younger set. It's aimed at chefs ages five to eight alongside their grownups. The format in this one is my favorite of all. It includes photos for every step of each recipe, and it's way less text dense. The subtitle of this one is, quote, fun recipes to cook together with as much mixing, rolling, scrunching, and squishing as possible. These recipes are really geared towards being hands-on and messy and fun. This makes them especially great for the five to eight crowd, but I would argue that the appeal of this one stretches up for much older kids too. That was my first cookbook from America's Test Kitchen Kids. So the second type of nonfiction that we'll talk about today is browsable nonfiction. Browsable nonfiction has eye-catching design. It is lavishly illustrated, bursting with drawings or photographs or both. It has short blocks of straightforward text, and it can be read cover to cover or by skipping around. This is what I think really sets it apart. Kids can read it pretty much however they want. Now, alongside active nonfiction, browsable nonfiction is the most wildly popular in my elementary library. Think books like Guinness World Records and Weird But True, books that kids can open to any page and learn something weird and unexpected and awesome. 
In my opinion, kids especially love these books because of the freedom and rule-breaking they offer. They can read them however they want and are rewarded no matter which approach they choose. They can break some of the rules of how they're trained to approach a book and just have fun. So the first book I want to recommend in this category today is The Replay, 25 Greatest Moments in Sports by Adam Skinner. This book offers a play-by-play of 25 of the most iconic moments in sports history told, this is where it gets even better, in a combination of text and comics. The moments featured in the book include a blend of moments kids might already be familiar with and also new to them corners of sports history. There's a nice balance of male and female representation as well as a blend of team and individuals. The featured moments really focus on telling the story of specific moments in history, but kids will also enjoy browsing the back matter that features the stats of individual athletes. This is sports fanatic browsing heaven. Now that said, I am distinctly not a sports fanatic, but even I had fun browsing this one because of how engaging its format is. Shout out here to Melissa LaSalle, also known as the Book Mommy on Instagram, for helping me to first discover this one. That was The Replay, 25 Greatest Moments in Sports by Adam Skinner. The other book I want to recommend in this category is Wonderfully Wired Brains by Louise Gooding. This book is aimed at ages seven to nine. And it's good to know that author Louise Gooding is herself neurodiverse. She created this book as an affirmation for kids who are also neurodiverse and a bridged understanding for kids who aren't. Kids can dip in and out of the sections that interest them from an overview of brain science to features of various forms of neurodiversity to profiles of advocates who are challenging neurodiversity stereotypes. The information in this book is delivered in bite-sized text boxes throughout, which I love, and has a really cheerful kind of pastel palette that makes it have a really warm and inviting tone. I would say that this book is a must for elementary school libraries. I reach for it often in response to both student and parent requests. That was Wonderfully Wired Brains by Louise Gooding. Okay, the third type of nonfiction we have on deck today is traditional nonfiction. I will spend the shortest amount of time talking about this category because it's the one we're most familiar with and most typically think of when we talk about kids' nonfiction. For this category, think all about books. Often the books we see in this category are parts of a massive series. Think a million books that look the same, have the same formatting, with each one offering an all about of a slightly different topic. Some old school kids nonfiction you might think of if you've been around education for a minute that fall into this bucket are Gail Gibbons and Seymour Simon. Traditional nonfiction has clear, straightforward language It has text that describes, 
And these are the type of books that I most often see teachers reaching for when they want a stack of mentor texts for teaching all about books or are maybe studying nonfiction text features. I'm not going to describe my recommendations in this category in detail, but I will quickly highlight a couple of publisher series that my kids and teachers reach for again and again. Once a kid reads and likes a traditional nonfiction book in one of these series, I often see them browsing the shelves for other books that have the same series logo on the spine because they want more. So the first series I want to highlight for you is Lightning Bolt Books from learner books. These are offered in series on everything from amazing migrators to awesome rides and way, way more. These are pretty straightforward traditional nonfiction, but are a reliable crowd pleaser in my collection because of their layout. And the curated topics are a great fit with kid interests. The other series I want to highlight for you also comes from learner books. It is the Internet Animal Stars series. The graphic layout of these make them an absolute crowd pleaser that flies off the shelf in my library. The series includes books like Sloth Power, Llama Drama, and Otterly Adorable Otters. This series is a great fit for folks looking for high interest topics for kids who might be a little bit of a harder sell with some of the go-to traditional nonfiction topics. So that was Lightning Bolt Books and the Internet Animal Stars series, both from the publisher Learner Books. The fourth type of nonfiction we're going to explore today is expository nonfiction. So books in this category are written to explain or describe a topic. They explore a specialized topic often presented creatively. These books often have a strong voice and rich, engaging language, and they might have an innovative format or a carefully chosen text structure that somehow matches the subject matter. This category includes the books that teachers most often reach for when teaching the writing moves of expository nonfiction. Think books like Giant Squid, by Candace Fleming. To be quite honest, I find that this category is often the kinds of nonfiction that grown-ups love, but kids do not. In my experience, kids are in it to satisfy their incredible curiosity, hunting down new-to-them information and cool facts, and are more annoyed than engaged by lyrical prose. If kids' nonfiction is described as lyrical, I most often sprint in the opposite direction. That said, the books I love in this category, the ones that avoid adult-driven lyricism and really engage kid readers, I love. I will share two with you today. So the first book I want to recommend in this category is Skulls by Blair Thornburg and illustrated by Scott Campbell. Note that the title has an exclamation point after the word skulls. I don't know why I feel like this matters, but it does. It somehow conveys the whole mood of the book with a single punctuation mark. If I had to name my favorite ever kids nonfiction book, this might be it. 
The text offers simple kid-level explanations of what the school does and why it matters. Here's a taste of the narrative voice from the book's opening. Quote, you probably don't think much about skulls, but every head of every person you've ever seen has a skull inside. This is a good thing. The art here makes a topic that kids might identify as creepy feel joyful, playful even. You might recognize the art style from illustrator Campbell's picture book, Hug Machine. If a book about skulls could feel like a hug, this one does. That was Skulls by Blair Thornburg and Scott Campbell. The other book I want to recommend in this category is Tumble by Adriana Hernandez Bergstrom. This book is primary grade nonfiction read aloud gold. Yes, nonfiction that will engage and delight your kindergartners and first graders. If you look this one up and see the words gorgeous and poetic in the publisher's copy, do not run. I would categorize it as more playful than gorgeous and poetic, and I think your young readers will have so much fun following the rollicking adventures of one tumbleweed across the desert. Here's a quick taste of how the text feels from the opening. Wind blows, tumble goes, fence stops, tumble hops. It's light and playful, and you can't help but wonder where Tumble will go next. I especially love the limited text on each page that compels quick page turns, keeping your littles excited to see the rich art on the next spread as they follow Tumble's adventures. This one also includes rich, but not too rich, back matter. One of my pet peeves is when the text density and style of back matter is way different from the feel of the text itself, often way more difficult, way more dense, pretty much guaranteeing that readers will ignore it. But this one does the opposite. It offers inviting text features about each of the plants and animals that Tumble encountered in the story, drawing us in instead of boxing us out. A quick shout out here to Kit Ballinger, also known as Kit on Lit on Instagram, for recommending this one to me. That was Tumble by Adriana Hernandez Bergstrom. Okay, the fifth and final type of nonfiction we will discuss today is narrative nonfiction. Narrative nonfiction is nonfiction that tells a story. These books often tell an experience or a set of connected events. The story in narrative nonfiction is made of real characters, real scenes, real dialogue, a narrative arc that really happened, etc. These books often have a strong voice and engaging language. They most often have a chronological sequence, and the books we think of in this category are really often biographies or books about historical events. In my opinion, a lot of the books we've seen published in this category in the last five years fall into some of the same pitfalls as expository books and do not pass the kid appeal test. They are giving more snooze 
than delight. Now, that said, I have a couple winners for you that transcend this trend that I'm going to recommend now. The first book I want to recommend in this category is Stranded, a mostly true story from Iceland by Aver Por Benediktsson, illustrated by Anne Wilson. I love this one so much. It is a weird family story meets geological adventure with a sprinkle of Norse mythology. Listen to the voice in the opening. Quote, this is a story about my grandfather, how he got stranded on a volcanic island, was almost turned into barbecue, and found the most important moment in the world. This book seamlessly blends together a survival story, an exploration of volcanoes and how islands are formed, a grandfather-grandson story, and a search for how myth connects to everyday life. Two other things I love here are the funny parenthetical asides from the narrator and the title page tease. It's connected to the subtitle, but there's a text box that says, quote, everything in this story is true except for one little thing. See if you can spot it. I will tell you what it is at the end. This kicks readers into playful high alert, wondering on each page if they have found the lie. There are also fun fourth wall busting moments where the narrator teases you saying, I bet you think this is the thing that's not true. Well, it's not. Spoiler, the thing that is not true is an asinine detail. So the vast majority of what readers are taking in is fact reinforcing that life can be way more wild and unbelievable than fiction. Shout out to the Evanston Public Library's 2023 list of 101 great books for kids for helping me discover this one. I will put a link to that whole list in the show notes. It's a fun one to explore. That was Stranded, a mostly true story from Iceland, by Aver Por Benediktsson. The other book I want to recommend to you in this category is Bessie the Motorcycle Queen by Charles R. Smith Jr. and illustrated by Charlotte Christensen. This book tells the story of Bessie Stringfield, known as the Motorcycle Queen of Miami. Bessie was an 18-year-old black woman who in 1929 smashed all kinds of stereotypes by paying her way on a cross-country adventure by winning motorcycle races usually dominated by white men. The text here is rhyming, which brings a really bright energy to the text that matches the feeling of a motorcycle ride. The text also does a really nice job of acknowledging the racism Bessie encountered on the road, while maintaining a tone and narrative focus on Bessie that makes the story land on feelings of joy and affirmation while still feeling honest to the time. The publisher comps this one to The Undefeated and My Poppy Has a Motorcycle, which might seem like a weird matchup, but somehow conveys what this book is doing by bringing depth 
through a playful package. Shout out to Lillian, the kids buyer at my beloved indie bookstore, Island Books, for putting this one into my hands. That was Bessie, the Motorcycle Queen by Charles R. Smith Jr. and illustrated by Charlotte Christensen. I also want to give a quick shout out in this category to some of the stellar long form narrative nonfiction we've been seeing for middle graders. Three favorites in this category for me are, I will just quickly name them. You can look them up to explore more about each title. One, All 13, The Incredible Cave Rescue of the Thai Boys Soccer Team by Christina Suntornvat. Two, The Mona Lisa Vanishes, A Legendary Painter, A Shocking Heist, and The Birth of a Global Celebrity by Nicholas Day. And three, Unseen Jungle, The Microbes That Secretly Control Our World by Eleanor Spicer Rice. That concludes today's nonfiction book list episode. To recap, the five kinds of nonfiction we discussed today are one, active, two, browsable, three, traditional, four, expository, and five, narrative. You can visit the show notes for a list of all the books we discussed today, as well as links to Melissa Stewart's website where she discusses this framework in greater depth. Be sure to come back next week for our very first guest episode of Book Delight. I will be joined by kidlit expert Melissa LaSalle, also known as the book mommy on Instagram and blogger at whattoreadtoyourkids.com. She will be sharing some slam dunk giftable nonfiction that is featured on her holiday gift guide for kids. Melissa's book talks are pure gold. You will have so much fun hearing her gush about these titles and your list will be loaded up. I know I personally bought, I think, five books as a result of our conversation. You're going to love it. If you liked what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show and want to help spread the word, I would love it if you could send it to a kid lit loving friend or share it on social media and tag me so we can connect. I've been having fun messaging with and following some folks who have connected with me that way. And I really do appreciate and enjoy it when you connect with me in that way. If you want more book delight in your life from me, Chrissy, the best place to connect with me is on Instagram at Library Chrissy. You can also follow the show at Book Delight Pod and subscribe to my Kidlet newsletter by visiting librarychrissy.substack.com. As always, thank you for listening and happy reading. <laughs>